Tim McLean was born on October 3, 1985, in Victoria, British Columbia. He was known as a warm guy. Tim wasn't shy about meeting and accepting new people. He always seemed to find the good in everyone. Tim's own Uncle Alex described his nephew as a little guy with a big heart. Tim liked to travel, he liked to meet people, and unfortunately no one, no one anticipated an encounter with a very disturbed individual who would savagely end the life of Tim McLean on July 30th, 2008. Now, I should warn you, this story is really bad. It's going to get pretty gruesome. So if you're sensitive to disturbing things, you may want to skip this one. I was just reading a book. All of a sudden I heard a guy screaming. I turned around and the guy sitting right next beside me was standing up and stabbing another guy with a big a Rambo knife. Pretty much it was a big survival knife like this in the throat. Repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Uh, told everybody to get off the bus. Everybody started to get off the bus. Uh, the guy stepped, kill step, or still kept stabbing him, stabbing him. Uh, everybody got off the bus. Me and a trucker that had stopped and the Greyhound driver uh, ran up to the door to, to maybe see if the, the guy was still alive or we could help or something like that. And when we all got up, we seen that the guy was cutting off the guy's head. Tim McLean was a 22-year-old carnival worker who was traveling home. He boarded a Greyhound bus, bus 1170, about 12.01 p.m. He sits himself by the window towards the back of the bus. He'd been working all day in Alberta and he was exhausted after work and he had had a night out on the town. He worked at the carnival. He was what some would call a carny. It's about a 22-hour ride on this bus to get home, so Tim brought some music and some headphones. Those headphones would keep him company while he was taking that long journey. And at 6.55, his bus makes a stop in Erickson, Manitoba. 40-year-old Chinese immigrant Vince Lee boards the bus. Vince Lee was a really tall guy was wearing sunglasses and he took a seat near the front of the bus just like normal. He's traveling from Edmonton, Alberta and about 8 p.m. the bus pulls into a rest stop. Vince Lee reportedly gets out to have a smoke so when he reboards the Greyhound he heads back for the back of the bus in the direction of Tim McLean. Feeling relaxed and tired, Tim leans against the window with his headphones on as he peacefully drifts off to sleep. Now up to this point, Vince Lee's behavior wouldn't have sounded any alarm bells. He would have been described as pretty unremarkable by most of the other passengers. But we'll get to that. So Vince Lee was quiet, as the others recalled wouldn't have been perceived as much of a threat. Then someone across the aisle starts to notice a shift in Vince Lee's entire demeanor. 
He starts fidgeting. He starts muttering something in a low voice with some kind of Chinese chant. It was strange, but wasn't overly alarming. Nothing was. That is, until Vince Lee pulls out a large bowie knife out of his backpack and starts stabbing a peacefully sleeping and unaware Tim McLean right in the neck. Tim's woke back up into reality in a screaming panic. He tries to fight, but Tim's only around 120 pounds and Vince Lee can only be described as some kind of unstoppable, glitching, morbid machine. Repeatedly stabbing him over and over and over. The other passengers are completely panicked at this point. People are screaming for the bus driver, stop, stop, stop. They all rush to the front door in just a frenzy of horror. At this time now, Vince had pulled Tim to the aisle floor right in front of everyone and just continues to stab him without even a twinkle of mercy. So the driver slams on the brakes. He brings the bus to an emergency stop. and Now the passengers, they start to frantically rush through the front exit as the bus driver and the, these two other men, they, they begin this futile attempt to try to rescue Tim. But of course, it only enrages Lee. They get near him, but he just starts slashing wildly, just wildly in their direction with a bloody knife. Now, of course, it's believed that Tim was for certain probably dead at this point. Or at least we can hope especially considering what happened next. As 30-plus passengers on Greyhound Bus 1170 stood on the side of the Trans-Canada Highway, about an hour west of Winnipeg, they watch in absolute shock and horror what unfolds in front of them. With the same massive knife he just used to stab Tim countless times, Vince Lee begins to saw and hack at the neck of Tim McLean's lifeless body. After a while, Lee stands up to his feet. And with a bloody knife in one hand and Tim's head in the other, people fainted and screamed in abject horror. Some others couldn't hold it back and vomited. Teenagers from the side of the bus outside, they were scrambling to get videos with their phones while younger children cried as they witnessed a, a trauma that would without a doubt mark them for the rest of their lives. A trucker driving through the area stops. He helps the people try to defend themselves with whatever they can, crowbars, hammers, whatever they could find. Suddenly Lee, he starts to make his way toward the front of the bus. But the bus driver and the truck driver and another passenger, they're quickly trying to close the, the bus door. They're trying to close it to block Vince from leaving the Greyhound. 
And just as the door slams shut, like something out of a horror movie, Vince's knife-wielding arm and hand shoots through the slit in the door and he's swinging wildly. They put some distance between them and their attacker, but they were uncertain as to what would happen next. Would Vince get out and come for them? They were sure he would, but he never did. Now law enforcement, they were on their way, but they were nowhere near the tragic crime scene. I mean, this is a very rural area. So the people outside, they, of course, can do nothing but wait. And they watch as Vince Lee parades Tim's decapitated head up and down the center aisle of the bus. He had decapitated him. And he's showing it off like a trophy. He's taunting the terrified onlookers. And then still with no sign of the police, these actions on board intensified. He then begins to open Tim's chest. He pulls out his organs. He takes out Tim's heart, his lungs, and then his liver. He takes out the intestines and he starts stringing them all over the area around the body. The passengers can do nothing but be mortified, frozen in more ways than one. Just watching in shock, it wasn't over. In full view of everyone, Vince Lee devours both of Tim's eyes a large chunk of his heart. He then cuts off Tim's nose and ears. He starts taunting the audience by sniffing the severed body parts and even licking McLean's blood off of his fingertips. Just like he had a steak dinner. Oh yeah, something I failed to mention. He brought plastic bags with him these were for storing the pieces of the victim of his choosing. He actually planned to take parts of his victim with him. It was just unthinkable in every way. Now passengers outside the bus, they're witnessing what they can only describe as pure malignant evil. And because it's such a rural area, in this section of Canada, the authorities, they don't arrive until nine o'clock. They rope off the scene and they attempt to reason with Vince Lee, but it's, it's pointless. Completely fruitless. Now they're making a decision to not shoot him at this point. They could easily use a sniper. Of course, they could, they can't stun gun him from their position. But they could certainly try to shoot him. But people in Canada look at things a little differently. They view him as a mentally ill sick person, not an evil person. So they stand back and wait. As Vince Lee continues to dissect Tim McLean for hours, they try to negotiate. No use, because Vince Lee would 
to simply not comply. He said, and I quote, I have to stay on this bus forever. Now, I know a lot of people have criticized the officers for not taking him out, putting an end to this situation way sooner. Some do-gooders believe he was just arranged and shooting him would have been unjust, unnecessary, uncalled for. If you take a moment to really think about it, shooting wouldn't have done anything more than just leave a ton of unanswered questions. We'll never know the reasons for such a brutal attack. At 1.30 a.m. after hours, the police are finally, you know, they're getting nowhere. And it's at this point he makes a run for it. And after breaking out one of the windows, he's, he's taken out the moment his feet touch the road. The crime scene was finally able to be locked down, analyzed. Traumatized witnesses questioned. And I almost forgot. Bloody severed pieces of Tim were found in Lee's pockets. Vince injured himself in the melee, so he was taken straight to the hospital. He was treated for his injuries, and I know. But it's standard protocol to treat all the injuries first. Vince Lee still had basic rights as any human being. So as triggering as it seems, sometimes our knee-jerk reactions, our strong emotions, they lead us the wrong way. Once the threat was neutralized, it was time to get some answers. At 3.30 the next day, p.m., the passengers, they finally make it home to their worried but very relieved families. Tim's mom, she was informed by her ex-husband that Tim wouldn't be coming home. She had reportedly learned what happened on the bus by listening to the radio. She'd been praying and praying her heart out over dinner that it wasn't her son, but it was. Some of the passengers have never really recovered from what they saw that day. I imagine they never will. How could you? Even some of the cops and emergency responders still haven't shaken off the PTSD. And all Tim McLean's family could do is push for justice. How could you process this? What would you want to happen to Vince? Why did he do what he did? Vince came to Canada in 2001. He worked for a church doing handyman work, running errands. He became a Christian. He was baptized. The pastor had no complaints. In 2004, he was hospitalized after some problems with the law, but I don't know much more about that incident. Then he was a forklift driver for a while. He had no trouble working, but he did quit in 2005 for unknown reasons. Over this time, his marriage, it got worse and worse and worse and worse till eventually they separated. 2006, he starts to work at Walmart. He was terminated due to problems with an employee, a fellow employee. 
Then he goes to Winnipeg for a job interview on the 28th, and on the 29th, Lee gets on a bus in a town called Erickson, where he has three pieces of luggage with him. Witnesses said he spent the night outside on a bench, staring up into space. Those are the days that led up to this incident. The telltale signs of oncoming, undiagnosed schizophrenia. You can almost see the signs of the chaos and turmoil just building around Vince. He may not have been prescribed the right medicines. I'm not sure what the direct truth is here, but there's one thing that we all know, and that he wasn't taking any medication on the day he boarded that bus. And Court Lee claimed he wasn't criminally responsible due to his mental state. The judge ruled him not criminally responsible due to psychosis. At this point, he's sent to Selkirk Mental Health Center. You know, they spend time monitoring him and rehabilitating Vince and reportedly even aiding him in changing his name to Will Baker. Vince wouldn't possibly ever get out of a psychiatric facility, right? Right? Experts treating him, they start keeping transcripts. He said, and I quote, I was an evil son of an evil God. God chose me as the killer. And God chose me as the victim. God controls all things and God made me do it. Vince knew what he was doing. He remembered every gruesome detail, and over time, they started testing the waters, giving him a little bit more freedom and a little bit more freedom. Then on February 10th of 2017, murdering cannibal Vince Lee was declared fully stable, capable of functioning independently, including, including maintaining his own medication. I'm not even kidding. Carol and Tim Sr., they never got to say goodbye to their son. Parts of him ended up in the belly of a cannibal. His body mutilated and strewn across the seats of that Greyhound bus 1170. And all Vince Lee has to do is skip a couple doses, and he could do it all again at any moment. I want to hear your comments on this case. What are your thoughts? On Twitter, I'm Strug City Podcast. That's S T R U G C I T Y Podcast. So follow me because I'd like to hear from you. You know, this episode was so fun to put together, and I hope we can do it again soon. If you like this sort of thing, subscribe on any or all of your favorite platforms and make sure you follow me on Twitter. That's Drug City Podcast and all other great podcasts under the Barn Podcast Network. Again, this has been your friend and fellow true crime fanatic, Mike. And this has been the Struggle City Podcast. We will see you next time.